This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 21. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, Adrian Hopple, who is a Philadelphia-based web designer, uh, and he's, he's very good at what he does. He's a very good web designer. He built some really great websites. Check out his stuff. You'll really enjoy it. But what's truly remarkable about Adrian isn't just the great work that he does, but how he does it. We're going to get into that a little bit today, but Adrian, thank you so much for being on the call with us today. Tom, it is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome, Adrian. Well, would you mind go ahead and, and, and tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into web design and then get into the, the juicy parts about what it is that makes you stand out? Absolutely. I'd love, love to. So um, web design has sort of started out as this sort of geeky hobby that um, I wasn't really professionally trained to do. I, I, I was working uh, for a telecom out of Seattle around the turn of the millennium and um, I was the VP of business development there, so we were we were starting up a series of startups and sort of getting them launched and branded, and it was kind of a heady time for the dot-com world, and that was a great place to be for that. Um, and in this particular project, we were trying to get a website completed, and um, we were running into a lot of the stereotypical headaches that you have of the web designer doesn't get back to me, he's not meeting his deadlines, everything's flaky, nothing's coming through on time. And I, I had sort of started building really terrible websites to share photos with my family back east. Uh, there was no Facebook or Instagram or social media then. So it was basically just building like a framework where I could post pictures of our new baby up on the site and, and my parents could kind of see them that way because um, email was still sort of uh, a new idea to them at the time. Um, so we – anyway, in this process, trying to get this website built – I got so frustrated at one point, I took my Microsoft front page software and just built exactly what I wanted on the site. And I showed it to the boss, and he said, well, that's fantastic. Let's put that up. And and that was a time there wasn't a lot of cloud software, so we had our own big servers in a server room in a building. And it was a, a matter of me going to the IT guy and saying, here are the files. Can you put this on the site? I didn't know how any of it worked. Um, and he said, yeah, okay. And he put it up and we started getting, you know, like 800, 1,000 visitors a day, which was fine. It was working fine. Um, but something happened inside of me where I was like, man, this this is awesome. I just created something and the world is looking at it. And, and, and my ego got kind of stoked a little bit. I thought this is a really cool thing to do. So then I just started teaching myself more and making my little family website a little bit better. And then after a year or two of, of tweaking the company site and keeping that going, I picked up some more skills and I started doing just freelance work on the side. Um, so that was like 13 years ago. And every sort of job I had since then, I always sort of made a little spot for myself, even though a lot of the jobs were in sales, I made a little spot for myself with the web design guys and would try and pick up new skills and my freelance work would pick up. So I started doing 
two, three, four, five projects a year, and that would pick up and go and go and go. And everything was fine. It was never like what I was doing, even though it was my favorite thing to do. It was what I loved to do the most. And and finally, I got burned out in the corporate world, and I was kind of wandering around trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And a good friend of mine handed me uh, Sacred Economics by Charles Eisenstein, and I read it, and it, it really blew my mind that the idea of a gift economy, the idea that you could just figure out the thing that you love to do the most and do it and offer it to people and basically say, here, this is what I love to do and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to give it to you with the mindset that I trust you to support me, to give back to me whatever you feel like my work is worth to you. And and I thought, as I'm reading this, like, you know, this sounds really crazy. People must be taken advantage of all the time. And he listed a lot of businesses that were doing it. And that really sold, sold me because there's there's Panera Bread, there's law firms, there's medical clinics that operate in this way of like, come in, uh, tell us what you need, we'll give it to you, and then you can just sort of do whatever you feel like is right. Um, so I I rebranded my website and I thought maybe I'll just I'll try and do a couple a year in the gift economy. I'm sure people will take advantage of me. I'm sure people will rip me off. Uh, they'll take my websites and run to the extent that you can run away with a website, and that will be that. But the opposite happened. Uh, I thought I would do one or two a year. I did one or two in the first couple of months, and then the referrals started coming in, and I realized how much people want to work this way, how excited they were to say, so I can tell you what I want on my website, and you're not going to put a gun to my head by forcing me to pay a deposit, and you're not going to, to cry foul about all this work and how expensive it all is. I can just tell you what, you want, what I want, and you're just going to build it, and then you tell me how many hours you worked and I can gift you whatever I want. And people were, were desperate and they just started flooding in and what be was went from sort of a sideline hobby, uh, became really a full time gig. And by last year I did, uh, 25 projects myself last year, uh, just all done in the gift and all with clients who all supported me back. Not one person has ever sort of taken advantage of it. And uh, this year is – I was hoping to get a little bit above the 25, and um, we're already – it's the end of April now coming up, and I'm already triple what we were a year year ago. So it's it's just been a fantastic ride, and everything done in that same Charles Eisenstein influence gift economy. Wow. So, okay. So so we're, I'm going to go back and ask you some questions about this. Sure, sure. So – but the first thing is just so I get my facts straight, you said this year, as in like 2014 – um, you're already triple what you were last year. Yeah, I just wrote my – I write a proposal out for every job that I'm going to do, and that sort of sets the stage for how the gift economy works, what the client needs, and how many hours it's going to take me to do it. I just wrote my 93rd proposal of just this year alone, and it's the middle of April now. And uh, once I get to the stage that I'm writing a proposal, it's probably like a 90% acceptance rate just historically for me. Um, so – you know, I try and use those skills that I had from the old job and those systems of sort of, you know, tracking out the pipeline and the metrics and everything else. So, um, yeah, it's, it's usually like a 90% acceptance rate. So it's easy for me to say that right, right now, you know, I have, I have 50 or 60 jobs that are quote unquote signed and probably another, uh, 20 or 30 that I'm waiting to hear back on. And again, it's just the middle of April. So yes, triple last wow. year with ease. So yeah, yeah, I was just writing down some of those uh, those stats because that's just remarkable. Um, because I'm, I'm guessing just looking at that, I don't know um, many web designers. Period. That have that kind of traction. Like that's incredible. I, I bet that just makes 
quite a bit of web designers, well, jealous might be the wrong word, but but envious of of the, just the number of of people coming to you looking for looking for your gift, really. Um, yeah, can you tell me about that? Have you ever sure. had, have you actually had that interaction with any other web designers and, and how it's worked out for you versus like maybe the conventional approach? Yeah, I think that's a great great question, Tom. I have I've had some interaction with web web designers who have not really complained but more criticized uh my style work or what we're doing um you know and you you can they would say like oh well all his websites are they're not that complex or um they're not this or they're not that and um some of that is true but some of that is true by design in that um, I'd say at this point, 99% of everything I do is done in WordPress, not because that's all we can do, but because part of what I like to do is empower all of my clients to own their website and not have to call a web designer to make every little change that they possibly need. And for me, in my experience, WordPress is the easiest system for me to train someone else to use without having to call me back to make any little change on the site. So that alone is the opposite of how most web designers work, where they want to keep it you know, mysterious and have to call me to make, make any change and I'll bill you for it. Um, so because I'm in WordPress a lot, um, you know, for other people, that's a point of criticism and that we, we don't do, um, we don't use a lot of other systems, but that's really by design. It's really to help, help the client out the most. Um, I've had other web, web designers take a look at how we work and say, well, this is all just sort of, this is all just sort of a shell game. At the end of the day, uh, he's building a website and people are giving him money for it. And, in the big scheme of things, most of the people that gift me back, most of them do choose to gift back with cash, but that's that's really a function of what their comfort level is. Uh, it's not a requirement or an expectation from me, but it is what most people are comfortable dealing with. If you're a um, you know a a doctor or a lawyer or a therapist, say out in Oregon, if you're a therapist in Oregon, there's not a lot of ways you can gift me back, even if you have you know time to do therapy or you have. You have, you know, a great garden, but it, we're on the other side of the country. And in some cases now, the other side of the world, I'm working with clients. So um, money is the often the easiest way, but that doesn't devalue the gift cycle if that's what somebody wants to use to gift me back. Um, so there's that kind of skepticism. And then from as far as the scope of the work, a lot of my clients are people that really don't know where to go. They're, they're nonprofits. They're small organizations. They're sole, sole proprietors. There are people who are like, I am intimidated by going out and finding a web designer. I don't have a staff in-house that I can that has experience in this. I don't know where to turn. Um, and so I tell people all the time, look, there's plenty of work out there. Nobody is is helping these people. Um, this is a dent- dentist who's over overbooked and spends all of his time working with his patients. He doesn't have time to to figure out what to do on a website. He trusts me to do it because of the way that I work. It increases that trust. He doesn't feel well, like he has to he has to figure it out. Yeah, and I don't mean to interrupt, but it's it's funny, and I, maybe we're going to get to this, but it just made me think that what they're looking for is somebody that they trust. Exactly. Well, is that true? Yeah. Okay. Exactly, because they Sorry. don't have the time to have you know an IT guy that knows the business who can say you should trust this firm or this firm. Um, and so there's so many web designers that are out there. They, it's such a wild market that in most cases, people get so intimidated that they don't do anything. And another big initiative for mine is just the idea that if you're in business at all, if you're doing anything, you need to have a website. You need to have a web presence up there. People need to be able to Google you and find out about you, and you need to control that experience. You need to control what they find out and how they read. So whether it's a 
a one-page site or a basic brochure site or you know a full-blown registration site um, or stuff like, like like that, we're happy to help. There are work that has come our way that I've said, look, this is beyond our scope. Not not that we can't we can't help you, but we'll have to kick so many other projects to the side just to help you with this large-scale project. Um, that you know, it's something we're not we're just going to turn down at this at this time because with so many of those projects coming in. Um, I can't take on one that's going to bump, you know, 10 or 20 projects out of the way. I don't feel like it's fair, uh, particularly if it's a client where I feel like, you know, maybe you're better suited going the traditional route. Um, and, and, and so sort of trying to, to manage that spot of which jobs are we going to take on and, and how many can we take on? And, and I say we now because a year ago it was just me, but now I have sort of a small team of people working with me, uh, all in the gift, which was, um, an insane amount of work just to do in and of itself to get that team together. Wow. Okay. I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I can no, ramble on good. a bit, but just shoot them at me, man. It's so good. Okay. No, it's great because it's funny. You mentioned the, the, um, when you're talking about the gift economy and how most people are just comfortable with the cash thing. And I don't want to go as far as to say I'm using the gift economy per se, but maybe one aspect of it when I use pay what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually didn't know about Charles Eisenstein until you told me about him, um, which is a book I still need to go and actually read. So I'm stumbling in this from a different um, different angle. But I started using Pay What You Want for my consulting and right. and have and have have put it in such a way that I'm I, I, I kind of am adapting based on what you've done, um, the acceptance of like gifts and stuff like that. So it's been fascinating because most occasions you're right. Like I've gotten that result is people will pay me money because it's just what they're comfortable with. It's Absolutely. easy for them. Right. It's simple. Right. But I have had a couple of people be like, I have no money, but I'm a videographer or I do video editing. I'll edit your videos for you. I'm like, okay, cool. Cause I don't know how I'm going to use that, but I, that seems like a valuable skill I could use. Absolutely. So I'm like, that's, that's great. You know, and it's funny because it opens your, your mind to, I don't know, this is maybe I'm just rambling here, but just it really opens your mind to what's possible. Um, and, and the way things can, can grow, um, or expand beyond just like that, uh, exchange of currencies or exchange of money. Exactly. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's a lot of what Charles talks about in that book is that there is no there's no roadmap there is no you know uh detailed detailed plan here of how to work in a gift economy it's completely fluid and we're making it up as we go along to a certain extent and what's important is that if it's if it's pay what you want if it's a barter economy if it's if it's more on the gift side they're all slightly nuanced they're all slightly different but they're all basically trying to do the same thing and that's and that's trying to find a way to live in a business world that is breaking the mold of how people say business has to be is a, is a way of building trust and value for each other's skills of so somebody saying to you you know Tom I really value what 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 you're doing and this is what it's worth to me and that that process of having them do that just increases the value of the whole transaction and increases the trust between you both and it creates a scenario where you know we're where we're we're trading in trust instead of, you know, the old model, which is based on animosity and and sort of saying not animosity, but saying at the beginning, you know, I want all of these things from you and I don't want to pay more than this amount, and then you saying, well, I want this much money from you and I don't want to give you more than this, and then trying to compromise where everybody sort of feels like they're they're far away from where they want it to be in the beginning in a quote win-win situation it means you both had to give up stuff that you didn't want to give up. Um, where with what we're doing, it's totally different. It's saying, this is what I can do for you. And, you know, you are telling me what, what that worth is to you. And that changes the whole thing. 
Yeah, that's that's so great. I, I really do love that. And it's it's funny because it's something that outwardly I know it's I'm used to it now. Like pu- putting stuff out there and saying like uh, with my ebooks or with mm-hmm. my, my guides or with or now with my consulting in some ways and saying putting it out there and and, and to a certain degree saying um, take it um, or you know you know here it is and then whatever whatever value it is um, you can give back and. And it's at first it was it was, it was slightly uncomfortable um, because of course you don't know what's going to happen and you do think I had the same thought well not necessarily that I was going to be taken advantage of I just put my art out there and that way it wouldn't come to writing books and things like that or my ideas right so here, here it is and so it was like I, I was not I was not attached to the money proposition of it anyway I was just like, this might be a cool way to get compensated for some of the work I'm doing and yes it was the results were incredibly surprising so I've continued to to push the boundaries of this and see well where where is that limit right. And I found that I haven't reached a limit with it, if, if that makes sense. Like, I, it continues to um, surprise me in some ways, although it's now it's less surprising when I, when I get, a, like, a great gift or whatever or when I get a, a, a large amount of compensation or something like that or the people are just really thrilled by it. It's less surprising per se, but, like, it's, it, what, is, what it continues to surprise me is how well it continues to work for different things that I apply it to, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So this concept of the gift economy, it's not relegated to to just one thing like it doesn't just work for digital products and you're a case in point of this um, when it comes to the gift economy you are a service-based business you right. create you put your your hours into it hours of your life and and, uh, and now a team right hours of, of a team's time into building things and you're still working on this principle tell me about that like i i mean i know you've kind of touched on that but but what is that process like for you when you actually take on a new project and and and, and especially now that you have a team working with you what's that like in well, the gift economy Two different parts. Like it took me a little while to figure out how to do it for myself. And I've had people come to me and say, "How do I do what you're doing?" And I want to just do it. And I think that's great. But it's like we said before: there's not like a plan. There's not like a roadmap. So for me, when I first started out, um, the first couple clients I went went to, I was very um, uh, soft, if you will, in the in the transaction description, where I would say, "Listen." Uh, I'm just going to build you a website, and you can do whatever you want. You can gift me back however you want. And one of my very first client, uh, finally, after trying to pin me down a little bit, got a little frustrated and said, Adrian, I want you to build me a website, and I want to pay you for it, and you're making this really hard for me to do that. And I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I don't understand how much I'm supposed to give you. I don't feel comfortable trying to figure it out on myself. I'm not a web designer. I don't know what this is supposed to do. And now you have this crazy gift economy on top of it, and it's kind of frustrating. And I thought, well, that's the opposite of how I want this to go. I don't want to make it harder for people or or you know frustrate people. So um, that what I started getting into is a model, what I learned for myself, what works best for me is that the proposal is key. And the proposal is key for a couple of things. One, I really detail out everything the client needs, and then I break it into hours. And hours is the common currency that people understand where I can say, okay, so everything you told me you need, I'm estimating it's going to take me 34 hours of my life to do that for you. And people get that. That resonates with people. 34 hours is, you know, almost a full week of work here in North North America or, you know, used to be. But they kind of can see, like, okay, that's a lot of time. Um, that makes sense. And then I also include sort of a range of what a traditional web designer or a freelance web designer who works in a traditional economy might charge for that kind of work. And that kind of put those two pieces together and it spits out a number. So if it's this many hours and if we estimated at this much per hour, uh, you could value the project at this amount. I'm very clear that it's not binding, that it's not, um, 
It's not anything that they have to stick to. It's just sort of a reference point. And that became the big change for me is once I started doing that, it allowed people to understand what I was doing and to give them some comfort level. Um, It's not exactly how I wanted it to work because I found that most of the time what I suggest to people in the proposal is if they're going to gift me with money, that that's what they gift. And I didn't want to have that amount of direct control. So I really try and word it like you don't have to follow any of this. This is just an idea. Um, But that seems to be the best way to do it. And when a client sort of says, well, I want to go to the end of the range, uh, to the high end of the range, like that feels amazing. Uh, Now, at first, the first client that did that to me that looked at the range and said, well, you've estimated here in the middle, I want to pay you. Can you redo an invoice for me? Because I have to send it to uh, our accounting office, but uh, figure it out with the highest amount on your range. And And I said, no, that's that feels like it's way too much. And he said another great point, and that's that you know if you're gracious in giving me your gift, you have to allow me to be gracious in gifting you back uh, with whatever I want to do. You can't tell me that my gift is too much if it's what feels right to me. You told me to do what feels right to me. That's what feels right to me. So I've had to sort of step back from the process and say, look, here's the proposal. Uh, It's going to be this many hours. A way to figure a value for that is using this little formula that I did here. You can take that and do whatever you want with it. and that has been what's worked out great for me for the past year. Now we add the variable of, of I need help. Um, one person can't do this many jobs in one year alone, and I really want to help all of these people. They're all really great organizations, and and they don't feel like they have many other places to turn. So I need help, and how do I bring people in to say your skill set is good enough to help me at the level that I want to help people at, and I need you to work in the gift with me because I'm not – going to change the gift economy either when I'm dealing with clients or when I'm dealing with internal people. So if you want to work with me, you have to be willing to work in the gift. And how does that even look? Because now we have client A who says, yes, let's do this project. Uh, Could be six weeks until the project is finished. They could gift me back whatever they want to. And now I have this other person who I've asked to help me with this, who's done, you know, half of the work on the project. And what if this client doesn't you know, want to gift us back uh, at the same rate? What if they say, well, I want to do a monthly thing or I want to send you some artwork or I I want to send you tickets to the show? Um, However it works, if I'm open with the client saying you can do whatever feels right, then how do I take care of the people that I've asked to come and help me? Um, I don't have all the answers for that. It's, it's, I finally got a little team together and they all know what's at stake. They all know what we're doing and they've all totally bought in. They're all there because they're really excited about working in the gift. But they all know we're making it up as we go along. I don't know the best way to figure out the compensation. We've been experimenting with different things. Do they track hours? Do we track projects? Um, if we do, if we do six projects and three of them uh, send us money as a gift, and and two of them send us, you know, artwork, and somebody else does this, how do we? How do you divide that up? How do you bring it out? Um, and those are some of the awesome problems that we're dealing with now. And I I say awesome because at the end of the day, we could have a you know, we're trying to build a whole business here that's working in a gift economy, both externally and internally, and I think that's just I think that's just amazing. So um, I'm excited to be working out these issues, but I don't have all the answers yet. Yeah, well, it sounds like I actually have to we'll sit you down and, and uh, another time and pick your brain about that because that's exactly like the point I'm at um, right now and trying to discover and, and find out for myself how does this work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for the internal uh, organization. Right. So the external is actually simple to me now to a degree. Not it's not always that simple, but sure. it's more clear because I've been I've been using it just like you have. So it's like that that transactional based or or uh, transaction or that that gift gift exchange. Let me put it that way. Um, that makes sense. But one, as soon as now there's a team behind it. All of a sudden, yeah, it gets a little trickier, doesn't it? It does, um, and um, and I happened to stumble across somebody last week who needed some help with their wet website. He's a he's a he's a business consultant, and he works on um, uh, compensation plans, internal compensation plans, and based on um, the model of of Gore, like the Gore-Tex guy, and they have a very progressive. They've always had a very progressive. Uh, small team sort of internal business com- compensation. So he approached me because he's trying to start a bi- business where he's helping people not only do that, but to expand it into how to how to build your business into a gift economy and how to offer his services in in, in the gift. So when we're talking about his website, he's he's also saying to me, um, you know, do you do you need any help with this? Because I would love to share my expertise. I'm like, yes, yes, this is your perfect perfect timing. And it's it's so funny to me. Not funny even, but amazing how the synchronicity works, how right when I'm at the point where I'm like, I could really use somebody who has devoted their life to figuring these things out to sit down with me and and go through what my ideas are and tell me what they think. Are they good ideas? Where am I failing? Do they have better ideas? And right when I'm at that point, I, I, sit, I sit down with him not knowing that that's, that's where we're going to go. And he explains his whole model of how he works and, and his whole – philosophy to helping businesses, you know, strip down the hierarchy and get rid of management and sort of build from small teams up. And I'm like, of of course, that's what you do, because that's exactly what I needed right now. And of course, you just appeared because that's how this whole thing has been working for me since it started is people just have appeared right when I needed them the most. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can resonate with that, too. That's exactly how it's been. But this 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 part in, in particular is very fascinating to me right now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm working on with the flight formula with mm-hmm. Jason, as you're aware, and trying to do an internal organization that's gift uh, gift based. Um, it's just interesting. It's a totally new problem set, and it's just really cool because I, for whatever reason, call me a nerd, but I've always been fascinated by how um, organizations are structured. So you have some military background as well, Army, correct? Yep, absolutely. So, so yeah, we we both have that. So it's it's that's also interesting to me because. Coming from the like the biggest bureaucracy um, <laughs> in the world to this, it's like whoa. <laughs> well, I was just I was looking through, and that has to influence you, right? So I was looking through um, the first job I took when when I came off active duty, and I I got into management pretty quick quickly, and I ended up you know I'm running this department, and I found these old files on my computer. I was looking for something else, and I found all these old files that I made made up, where I'm basically taking. You know the the temp templates that I had from my time in the infantry there, and I'm writing them for this corporate place. I'm using things like like Tapsop, tech, tech Sops, and and Metalist, and Opward, <laughs> yep. and I, and I'm transferring them all into the corporate world. Cause I'm like, this is how an organization works. This works. Uh, this is this is a fascinating way to sort of manage things. I'm looking back at it now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I must have been the most annoying person in the world because I'm like using you know jargon and acronyms and all all of these things because that's sort of my influence right but even at this point now a decade or so late later since i've been out um there's still that that sort of obsession if you will with the how is this organized how is what's the hierarchy what's the chain of command how is this going to work what happens if 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 i'm not there and something happens or if this person steps out of the link what's the backup and you know I, again, a year ago, it was just me, so I was it was I didn't have to deal with any of this. But now it's all coming in. And I'm like, 
this is an amazing, as you said, problem set. How do we sort, sort this out? But I, I think that military experience comes into play too with this sort of like, okay, let's sit down and figure out exactly how this organizational flowchart is going to work. And I'm like, no, I don't want an organizational flowchart. I never wanted an organizational flowchart again, but I still have to figure out like who's doing what and, and, and how it can work because I have to delegate a lot of this stuff away and say, all right, if you're taking on this, it's all yours. You, you, you own that part. You're doing the project management. You own that part. And I'm just got to get back to where I can work on uh, logos and development again because that's what I love to do the most, right? So um, it's, it's been a great pro- process. But I, I think the military background that we both share is definitely an influence into the enthusiasm we have for addressing this problem. Yeah, it's true. Um, and the one thing I, I give the Army credit for, too, is is actually that kind of topic uh, of, of redundancy. Uh, they definitely have that down to a T. Um, you could eliminate 50% of the people, and it's the system is built in such a way that it's so redundant that it'll it'll keep churning. And right. that obviously makes sense when you're in that kind of situation. Sure. But, uh, but, but it, is, it is interesting. How do you do that as a small business, as a small business owner? Um, as somebody with a small team, how do you put in those redundancies? I, I don't know the answer. I don't know if you have any. I didn't know this is the direction we'd go with this, but I'm curious about that. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you messed with that at all? Like how, how have you thought about that? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've sort of looked at, I've had to sit down and say, and my wife's great because uh, she went to West Point for a while, so she has a bit, bit of that. She's also uh, an engineer and a lawyer, so she has this sort of um, uh, analytical aspect or fil- filter to things that I don't always bring to the table. Um, but we sort of broke down all of the tasks and said, okay, what are the things that, that only I can do that I don't want anybody else to do? Um, sort of the front-end discussion with the client. How do I decide if this is a project that, that the team's going to take on or not? I sort of want to own all of that part. Um, but what are the things I can give to other pe- people to do? And then who's going to manage all of that? And my instinct was, you know, I, I have to do everything, but sort of being able to step away and bring somebody else up to say, you know what, I need you to own this part. Like if, if that's what we're going to do, you have to take this and run with it and go. And, you know, then to look at it from that perspective and sort of everything sort of siloed out and say, okay, I can do any of these parts, but I want to focus on these. Um, but then where's, where's my backup? What happens if, if I get overwhelmed, am I always going to be able to be the person, you know, taking all the phone calls and doing all of that? And so I'm already starting to think like who on the team that I have, because again, having them on the team is a big jump because these are people that are, that are not just excited, but like totally enthusiastic about building something in the gift. So that's a huge jump is finding people who want to work that way. So how do I use this talent that I have? Who's, 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 who's next? Who can, I train up to sort of do the other things that I'm doing and build redundancies for myself. So I guess the short answer is I'm just trying to eliminate anything in our little list of here's all the tasks in our business process. I'm trying to eliminate any of those tasks that only I can do, that I always have somebody else that can do some or all of them. So if I need to shift and be fluid and say, you know what, this opportunity came up for me to go to this conference and speak about the gift economy and I want to be gone for a week, um, how does how does this keep going? You know, how does how does the ball keep going? Uh, we can't just pause. We can't just stop again for a week, week or two. So um, that's been my mission is sort of to say, uh, now that I've identified everything that we're doing, putting a couple names under each column and then identifying like, okay, this person can't do this yet, but if I spend a few months with them, uh, they could be ideal at this, just based on you know my opinion and kind of building it up from there. 
wow, it's it's funny because now just you describing that too, it makes me realize that. So not only, I mean, there's for for any small business owner or for anybody anybody scaling, quote unquote. Um, there's going to be those growing pains, and it's it's scary um, when you're new to anything, and and yet and then doing it, but now doing it with the gift economy angle of it, I'm just like all of a sudden it's like it, it's it's made me think, wow, you've you've added, um, at least initially, you've added quite a bit of complexity um, in, in some ways, uh, like in terms of the problem set of now you're scaling, but now you have this this group, you're doing the the, the gift economy in this internal organization, you're growing it that way, you're trying to you just have so many different layers to this now. It's like, it seems like it must be quite the process, um, it, which is just a, it's, it's not really a question as much as just that's kind of my statement here. Sure. Sure. <laughs> of and, what I see. And again, when you're coming into the year and I'm sitting there in a December and I'm thinking, I did 25 projects last year. How do I get it to 40? And my, my whole mindset as I'm, as I'm sitting down at the end of the year and looking at my numbers, looking at my sheets and you know, all the, I still generate all the same old stuff I used to, all the profit and loss and and the balance sheets and everything else and say, okay, you know, where are we weak? Where do I need to grow this? Where do I need extra help? And that was just me looking at myself. And my extra help was, you know, what software do I need to invest in to help me manage different parts? And now here we are three and a half months into the year, and it's a totally different ballgame. It's nothing that I thought I was going to be dealing with uh, sitting there in uh, December. So, it, it's been an intense, and it's been a really, really intense change of direction from January to now of all of this sort of unplanned publicity happened and all of this attention came in. And even just getting to the point of saying, I can't do this by myself. I need to bring other people on to help um, was a huge step because for a long time, I'm like, no, I, I think I can do it. I got to find a way to do it. And that's, you know, that the whole reason we're doing what we're doing is that independent spirit of like, I can figure it out. I can do it. I can do it. And you reach a point where it's like, actually, I just lost two jobs uh, that wanted to do work with me because I didn't get back to them. And that's never happened before. And I feel terrible about that. And they're right. I didn't respond on time. I missed uh, deadlines. I've become that flaky web designer that sort of set me on the path in the first place, you know, that's, that got me working in this world. And I don't want to be that way. So, you know, that's when we sat down and said, you know, what's most important is I want to respond to these events this quickly. I want to be responding to someone when this happens this quickly. And how do we make that happen? And then this sort of just sort of blew up from there where it became obvious that I needed help, obvious that I needed people to come in um, and that there was just no way around it. So, um, but all, all of that, when I think back, sitting there over the holidays, taking a little break, relaxing and, and saying, you know, how do I get 15 more jobs for myself uh, to now? It's just, it's just been a remarkable couple of months. Yeah, I was just going to say that it uh, the the success is tremendous and well deserved. Um, it's certainly remarkable. Uh, it's got my brain spinning too. I'm just like really, just truly impressed by it. Um, is it okay? I have about I have two more questions I would love to ask sure, you. Sure, Do you sure. have time for those? Absolutely. Okay, cool. So the first one is, and I meant to ask this before, but we 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 went off um, <clears throat> into other directions, which is cool. But I want to come back. You you mentioned now that you have a team because I'm really curious about this. How did you find the team members? How did you, or how did they find you? Maybe um, how did you get buy-in from a team to work in the gift economy? Great, great question. So one benefit of all of this publicity is people came to me um, from literally around the world and said, "I do part of what you're doing, and I do it for a corporation, and I hate it, and I want to work like you're doing. Can you help help me?" And so I basically approached it 
of saying like I can help you by you know you helping me. I have so much extra work coming in right right now that uh, if you want to learn how to work in the gift, maybe the best way to do it is to work with me in the gift and sort of experience this and and learn for yourself. And if and my thought was if ideally you spend some time working with me this way and you get it, you get your own system that makes sense to you, and you start building up your own little freelance business in the gift. Well, that's fantastic because if I can help other gift economy-based businesses to spring up, then, man, what, a, what an awesome thing to have done. So it's sort of – talk about helping people and helping things grow. It's a duality of mission has come in now where I can, I can sort of be an incubator for pe- people who want to start their business in the gift. So that's one way. Um, another way are people that, uh, that have worked with me from the beginning um, – in different ways. In in one case, it was somebody who didn't know anything about web design, but but brought me two or three projects that she was the, uh, I guess, like the coordinator. Like every organization has one person that's going to be responsible for running the website and making sure it's right, even if they don't know how to do it. Um, you know, that secretary or the admin or whatever it is. So she was in that role. And over a year and a half, I've taught her so much just managing the websites that I've I built for her organization so she can do it that, you know, she is like, I want to do more. I want to learn more. I want to learn some of this. So um, she's sort of a long-term project where, you know, I'm teaching her more as we go along. But she's totally somebody that, you know, I'm looking down the road as like, well, you, you, you could be my right-hand person here and so on. Um, so that's sort of how people have gotten to, to me. Getting them to buy in on the gift um, – it's hard because people read the stuff and they're like, this sounds amazing and it's all rainbows and unicorns and fantastic. And so in most cases, I, I've had to sit down with people face to face and say, like, look, this is this is the reality. Um, sometimes six or seven weeks can go by where um, there is no gift that has appeared because we're in the middle of projects. Can you live that way? Can you live with this sort of uncertainty? Sometimes you put 40 hours into a project and you have no idea what's going to happen um, or when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Can you reach the point that I've reached where I've just let it go and say, it's just going to work out the way it's supposed to work out, and I'm going to be okay, even if this person is a little flakier than this other person? Um, can you do that? And sitting down face-to-face with people and going through that process, at one point I had somebody who approached me uh, two, two weeks ago who said, I want to work for you, and I want to do it in the gift, so I don't even need you to give me anything. I just want to learn how you're doing this in the gift and and." gift you with my time and expertise to help your business grow. And and I stared at her and I said in like the worst voice, like, why would you want to do that? Like, I don't understand why you would want to do that with me. And she's looked at me like, why do you want to do it? And I thought, well, that's a good question. Uh, and, you know, may, maybe it's hard for me to accept that, that other people are this committed, but um, I said, okay, I'm sorry. You're right. Let's get to work. And, um, you know, she, the gift economy will will work. Stuff will come in, and I'll be able to gift you, and we'll go from there. But it's been a little stressful, and I feel this responsibility of like, I know you're all enthusiastic. I know now because we've met face to face. You understand how the gift gift economy works. I know you know the risks that are in here, and I know you believe like I do that the risks are not that great. That it will actually just work work out. But then I feel responsible that I've you know asked you to come on this boat with me and and take this trip. So yeah. um, it's it's kind of just a whole bucket of emotions really oh absolutely no i love your explanation of that though it's so it 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 definitely resonates for me on multiple different levels but it's just awesome loved your take on it such great value too for anybody 
who's like interested by this topic. Obviously, I am, but other people who are listening, I know, I know some of my audiences is quite interested in this topic. Um, and so, just a great concept in terms of like just the internal, um, like dealing with pay, which or dealing with uh, the gift economy um, in an internal uh, exchange is just very fascinating to me. So that was awesome. I really appreciate it, Adrian. Sure I thing, do. I, I would love to ask this last one. This Absolutely. is how we'll close it out. So a- after all this, the focus has generally been on, on pay what you want and, or uh, on the gift economy. Sorry, mm-hmm. I keep going back to pay what you want. That's what I use, but the gift economy. Um, so tell me, somebody who's listening, here's, here's the stuff about the gift economy. It, 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 here's about pay what you want. Sees, sees this, this kind of like maybe odd way to, to do business and this, this new way of, of, of exchanging gifts, talents, that, et cetera. And they're, and they, they come and they're wondering, okay, well, how do I, how do I use that? Like, how do I take this concept of the gift economy? How do I apply it in my life? Like how I hear this, you guys are talking about the, these different kinds of exchanges and you've had some success. Uh, maybe I have a business idea or maybe I have a book or maybe I have this skill set. How do I apply what you guys are doing um, to my situation? And that's, that's the general question. I get that asked a lot. I know the answer generally is, well, it depends. And then it goes from there. But I'm curious if you have any recommendations for somebody because I'm sure you've gotten that question a lot. Sure, sure. The the main thing that I try and say is I, I, I try and step away from the idea that, that I'm like an expert in what we're doing just because I've been successfully found a way to make it work for my business. Um, I think the most important thing to do is to is to reach out and read the materials of thought leaders, uh, of Charles Eisenstein's of the world, of the boils of, of your book, and I direct people there and say, go take a look at these ideas, these concepts, these philosophies, and, and get sort of the, the underlying belief in what you're doing because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes things don't work out the way you want. Sometimes you're going to second-guess your, yourself, and having that strong foundation is, going to what's, is what's going to help you get through. Um, there's, not a, there's not a roadmap, and we keep coming back to that, but there's not like a way that this works. Uh, it's going to be different. It's going to be different for every organization, and teaching yourself and learning about why working this way is important, what's fundamentally different about it at its core, uh, what it's reaching back to, the, you know, the, type of, the type of interactions with people that we're trying to recreate, understanding all of that um, as best, best you can is what's going to carry you through. Uh, from that point, I tell people, you know, don't don't rush into it. Um, I like the way that I did it. I sort of started out with this idea. I'm just going to do it on the side and see what happens. Uh, the fact that it took off really fast, um, I'm the kind of person that just goes with it and says, okay, great, let's ride this wave and go. Uh, um, but I, I, when people come, come to me and say, hey, I'm ready to quit my job and do this, can you give me some tips? My, my first response is, please don't quit your job unless you know, you're really, really willing to do this because it's, you're not going to have a lot of people that you can ask for advice. There's a growing community, but you can't go back to your normal peer group and say, hey, so I'm trying to work in a gift economy, but it's not working. What do you think? Most people are just going to say, well, you shouldn't work in a gift economy. That's why it's not wor- working, and that's not the truth. The truth is probably some, something else that you can get to yourself if you have that basic understanding from the work that the thought leaders have already put out there. Awesome. Great stuff, Adrian. Man, I, I appreciate your time so much. I know you're busy. Obviously, you are crazy busy right now, having tripled your um, <laughs> number of projects by April. Uh, so that means when you finish up this month, you can just go take the rest of the year off. Yeah, right, um, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's your gift to yourself. Right. And uh, no, but cool, man. I seriously, sincerely appreciate it. Love to get into your brain. Um, 
I, I bring people on the show, generally speaking, um, that I admire and I want to learn more about what they're doing and stuff like that. And you are, are the pinnacle of that um, when it comes to somebody who's actively like engaging the gift economy stuff, which I think is fantastic. So thank you for being on the show, man. And it was just a pleasure. Tom, thank you. I appreciate your kind words and thanks for having me on. It's it's really been my pleasure. I think what what you're doing is amazing and I think it's a great sign as this community continues to people pop up and are successful in this that we have to continue to support each other and get together and kind of pick each other's brains and, and keep the process going. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. And that wraps up In the Trenches Broadcast 21 with Adrian Hoppel. Really hope you enjoyed today's interview. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great to get a chance to sit down with Adrian finally after having known him for a while and see what he's done from a distance and get to pick his brain a little bit and just really fascinating how much he's done with the gift economy and how much his business is blowing up because of it. It's really impressive. And the results don't actually surprise me because I've been obviously tinkering with pay what you want pricing and gift economy stuff for quite a while myself. If you're interested in learning more about this stuff, check out my website and check out my guide, the complete guide to pay what you want pricing. That'll get you started uh, applying pay what you want pricing to your products or services. And it's kind of an intro to gift economy, which kind of takes that same concept in, and takes it even farther to its edge, like Adrian's doing. And if you really want some in-depth stuff, I'm putting together a business incubation program and online uh, course right now with my friend Jason Spencer of Tribly. And it's a heart-centered business incubator. It's going to be pretty elaborate, pretty fully fleshed out, a really massive program and a big undertaking for us. And our goal is to take about 10 people through the program to start, finish, and ship a heart-centered business. So we're going to have lots of conversations about pay what you want, gift economy, and things like that as they apply to um, business. But we're also going to do a lot more beyond that. So it's, it's quite a big program. Um, just one aspect of it is the gift economy and how we can apply these types of techniques to our business. Um, another big part is actually just figuring out how to actually create a business that you care about, that you're passionate about, and that you you know, to actually bring it into the world because it's not easy. Um, a lot of people focus on, a lot of business incubation programs focus on um, just obviously re- ROI, re- return on investment. They, they focus on cash flow, selling a product, and it's kind of irrelevant whether you, you like it or not, you care about it, or it's aligned with your values. So we're doing something pretty different here. And we're also focusing on a team element of it so that we'll be putting uh, teams together to help one another start, finish, and ship their, their projects and their businesses. So teamwork is a huge element of what we're doing here. So if this sounds interesting to you, um, and I hope it does, check out TomWorks.com. I'll be having a, a temporary um, pop-up on the website for now um, and maybe in the future to funnel people over to the site or go to theflightformula.com. That's theflightformula.com and that'll send you there too. We'll be doing some live webinars to explain and teach this stuff as well. And so if you want to get on the list and get involved, go to TomWorks.com or go to theflightformula.com and uh, get on the list before it uh, fills up. So thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.